The Chobos Halavavos begins by teaching us the toyeles, the benefits of bitachin, of being a Baal bitachin and living through our lives with this unbelievable tool that Hashem has given us. We live in a modern society where we're constantly bombarded by all sorts of messages People trying to sell us and convince us of things. Some approaching us openly and unabashedly. Some with subliminal messages all telling us, buy this, invest here, travel there, join us, worship here, vote for this and this person. And everybody has the same sales pitch. What they're conveying to us is, if you follow this advice, you are going to have happiness, security. You're not going to have to worry. You're going to have a tranquil life, a stable life. And that's what society is chasing after. That's what they're trying to achieve. If you would ask, take a student in a public high school who's really studying hard, not wasting his time. What are you studying so hard for? What do you mean? I want to be able to get into university. He's in university. What are you studying so hard for? He wants to become a doctor. He becomes a doctor. He'll be able to make a lot of money. He'll be able to invest his money and help people and have a good living. And then when he's ready to retire, he'll have so many millions saved up and so well invested. He'll be able to buy himself a condominium right on the eighth hole of a golf course in Pebble Beach. And he'll be surrounded by tranquility and happiness and mamish. The last 15 years of his life, he could be without a worry in the world. Without a single diger. And that's what he imagines he's going to accomplish. So we're taught that acquisitions, achievement, all these factors equal security and happiness. So in effect, most of what's going on today, most of society's endeavor is trying to reach this goal. And most of despair is just the expression of the frustration of people who feel they cannot reach this manucha and they can't seem to get it, so they become so sad and so broken. Now imagine mastering a skill that would cut through all of this and take us right to the point and take us right to that space where the person who's already achieved everything and has his millions in the bank and has been successful, that matzav hanefesh that he is in now, imagine being there already. Imagine making a tragic mistake in life, missing the point, and doing something or living without a certain skill that will doom us to a life of worry and insecurity, no matter what we have or what we accomplish. That, Rabbi Isai, is the difference between a life with betochen and a life without betochen. As the Chayvah Silovobos writes, so, so we're all trying for tranquility. So how can we get it? It is impossible for a person to have shalvas hanefesh to be mishukra midagos elo im hu boiteach b'ashem. There is no other way to achieve it. Everything else cannot bring this about. Me, he says, who won, who is boiteach al chachmosay, who believes in his own wisdom, v'tachbuloisov. In his accomplishment, 
In his ishtadlus, Yisiyaga lechinam will toil for nothing. V'koiche yecholesh, his strength will become weakened. V'loyale biyodoy lahasik heftsoy ayidei tachbuloysov. He will not achieve what he wants through all these stratagems. He's doomed. He's starting off on a path that will not take him where he wants to go. He's never cursed. Oror hagever. Nebuch cursed is the person who thinks that his success is the result of his tachbulois or of tachbulois b'nei Adam. The only one who is baruch is baruch hagever b'ashem. So the first thing we have to do is we have to redirect ourselves. We have to rethink our strategy for life. And check to see that maybe we're not doing something that's totally pointless and totally meaningless. I once went collecting for our yeshiva. We were trying to raise money together with somebody who helps us very much in yeshiva and helps in the fundraising. We had an appointment by a very wealthy man in Manhattan. And we came into his office, beautiful, magnificent office, sitting there, you know, you, you see all the trappings of success. And we start, uh, you know, with our pitch. We're taking out the pictures of the new building, how good the Bokram learned, and how difficult it is to carry a budget. And we have so much difficulty, and we need help. Will you be mishtatav? We're talking and talking and talking. And suddenly in walks somebody else and sits himself down at the desk. We had been talking all this time to a different mishulach who was waiting online to see this gvim. He was very well dressed. He was a Rosh of a Moisir, and he seemed he was carrying himself. He didn't know what we were talking about. But here we are, uh, talking to him, begging him, trying to explain him, completely knocking at the wrong door. He's another Meshulach. But the Chavis of tells us that the one who we really want to be talking to is also another Meshulach. He's taking from the same Balabais who is dispensing it all to all of us. You ever see a child, sometimes you have in your kitchens, you have those false drawers, and a little baby who's used to opening drawers is banging and kicking and stamping and attention. He's trying to pull open that drawer that just doesn't open. It's a false drawer. It's all frustration. It's effort being put into something, asheloi yoyil, that cannot help. It's pointless. It cannot help. Yet we do have the tools. We don't use them. And instead of relying on the Rabbeinu Shalom, who no one can compete with, we keep on looking at the world as working with the concept of Siba and Misoivav, and again and again turning down the opportunity to speak to the real Balabas and focusing our energy and wasting our talents in the wrong direction. Now somebody will say, come on, what are you talking about? You mean that I'm nothing? How can it be I'm nothing? I'm educated, I'm talented, I'm charming, I'm industrious, I'm accomplished. All that has nothing to do with my success. How could it be? How smart are we really in the great scheme of things? Let's just take a very small part of the Bria. Something that's so tiny, no one's ever seen it. Let's take a human cell. At the nucleus of a human cell, there's the gene set which in there is encoded 
everything that's needed for how the body operates, all the information, all the data for construction, for maintenance and function of human cells. These are DNA molecules and they have protein support molecules. Each DNA molecule is immensely long sequence of chemical subunits, has in it about 6 billion nucleotides. If we want to write down all that information that's in the nucleus of one cell, the genetic information would fill 3,000 books, each one 1,000 pages long. That's the chachma that there is in one of these tiny, tiny little cells. Let's take a little bit further. The support molecules of all of this are proteins. Proteins are linear strings of acids, of amino acids. The scientists have discovered that there's something called protein folding. Now, what's protein folding? Now, these strings of acids have to fold in a certain particular way. Imagine they compare it to laces on a pair of sneakers. It has to go back and forth, back and forth, and just fold optimally on the right spot in order for it to work. And if it doesn't work properly, the result is disaster. The cells cannot function properly. Now, how complex are the mathematical equations that create an optimal protein fold. Now, today we have supercomputers. Now, a supercomputer can compute a billion, a trillion calculations in one second. We have today such supercomputers. That alone boggles the mind. That there is already such chokhmah. Where does that chokhmah come from? We didn't create that chokhmah. We can't create new chokhmah. That's wisdom that already was in the Bria. We've unleashed and we've revealed chokhmah that's in the Bria already. And we've created machines that can think at a speed of a trillion calculations per second. Now the scientists have computed that if we want to, in a computer, duplicate the mathematical complexity of an optimal protein fold... You would have to take a computer, a supercomputer that thinks at a trillion calculations a second, and put it on for 24 hours a day straight, and let it operate and calculate for not 10 years, not 20 years, not 100 years, not a billion years, 10 to the 127th power years. 10 to the 11th power is already a trillion years. That means for a machine with artificial intelligence to be able to duplicate the information, the complexity that's within one protein fold, would t- there's no number. You couldn't even describe such a number. It's all eternity. It's ain't so forever and ever and ever. And a living organism can do this in one second. That's the Rabbeinu Shalolim. We say in Akdomas, if all the world were paper and all the oceans were ink and all the trees were pent, it's actually Gemara Masech the Shabbos, we can never write down the greatness of Hashem. It's Kipshutoi. If we just wanted to write down the calculation, there isn't enough Shevtach in all of the world just to write down the numbers of what's going on in one hair, in one particle of a fingernail. And Derek Agav, incidentally, this totally debunks the entire theory of evolution because even according to the, the, the belief of these drunkards who believe that the world at most is trillions and trillions of years old, it doesn't eat this. There hasn't been enough time, the amount that it would take to calculate 
these protein folds is billions of times longer than what they estimate the existence of the world to be. So when did that all happen? By itself. It just happened by itself. They just got it together. And this, Rabbi, is just what we know now. That there's this little guy. <laughs> One day they're going to find that underneath the protein fold is even a smaller little professor. He's even brighter than him. And he's controlling the protein fold. So when a person thinks for a moment, can there be a shred of possibility that I control or know what I'm doing? That I have any say at all in what's happening to me or to the world or to those about me? When I can't even begin to grasp the, the Chochmah is so ain't it's so infinite, it's so much more than what we are. So what type of fool could give himself the credit and say, I've accomplished this or I've succeeded at this? Of course, of course, it could only be the Rabbeinu Shalaylam. Imagine a little child, a little baby, he's flying in an airplane and he has himself one of those little toy um, um, steering wheels. And he's going, and he's dreng, and he's convinced that he's driving the plane. Imagine somebody who depended on him to take a drive the plane. And that's what we are. That's the mistake we make, like the tragic, dooming mistake of living a life, Khalila, without betochen. What can betochen give us? Everybody in this room has worries. Everybody's worried about something else. Some are worried about parnosa, putting bread on the table. Some are worried about never making a million dollars. Some are worried about shiduchim. Some are worried about health. Some are worried about chinech Everybody has different worries, important worries, not such important worries. All the worry that's in this room at this moment is all wasted energy. It's all energy that's going le'ibud, it's going down the drain. It's human potential being sucked out every single moment. Because daiga doesn't affect anything. It's only the Rabbeinu Shalom that controls. And all of this energy, all of this seichel, all of this emotion could be used for something much more beneficial. Imagine they come to your house and they do what's called an energy efficiency test. You think you have a good heating system and they come and show, here's a crack in the wall and here's a spot in the window and 90% of your energy is going to waste. That's what Daiga is all about. Imagine somebody who's a prisoner, he's bound in chains, and he's flailing and pulling and fighting at the wall, and he's kicking, he's trying to release himself from those chains, and right in front of him there's a key. And with that key he can unlock all these chains, and he can take himself out of slavery. Rabbi Sai, the world of Teva, our getting used to seeing things just as they are and not looking any deeper has enslaved us. It's made us beholden to people, to money, to honor, to image, to compliments. And all of these things don't really exist. There is a key. There's a key that can transcend all of that and take us to a different place. And that key is betochen. The Chayba Salavavis teaches us that when we don't have betochen b'ashem, behechrech, we're being boiteach b'mashu acher. We're believing in something else. What are some of those things that we believe in? So he gives examples. Let's take 
the most universally believed in example, and that's got to be money. has to be money. Now there's two types of money. There's money that's parnosa, that a person needs to live his daily life. And that, Chavis Al-Babas teaches us in the later Prokim, that the Rabbi Nishlam provides for every single nivra, Paiseches, Yodecho, Masbi, Lachol, Chai, Imagine if you have to make a chas and you have to prepare a meal for a few hundred people. It takes months of preparation. The Rabbi Nishlam has a catering facility where three times a day he has to produce billions and trillions of sudas for every ant and for every cow and for every person. And there's no rest and it all happens. Someone did a study of zoos. And they figured out, they came up with a figure that the cost to feed one elephant is $40,000 a year. Now, who is paying to feed all those millions of elephants roaming the wilds of Africa? That's all the Rabbeinu Shalom. The Rabbeinu Shalom sees to that. That's one type of money, what we need. And there's another type of money. There's the type of money that we depend on for security. That money is the money that I need so that I shouldn't worry about money. That money, the Chayvah Salabab is called people who need a mashkin from the Rabbi Nishalayim. They need to have a security from him. Now, if all this money is meant to be giving me a sense of security, which of course it can't, because nobody can be secure, you know, money comes and goes. The very essence of money, Chazal tells us, is called the Zuz, because it moves from one place to another. But the result of having money, the sense of security, the Briskerov, when he got married, he got a big nadin. And early in his marriage, he invested it unwisely, or he was badly advised, and he lost the whole nadin. And he was walking around in a wonderful mood. Someone asked him, he says, What's, how can you be in such a good mood? You just lost everything you have. So the Briskerov said, look, what's the difference between me and a wealthy man? Parnasa for today, the Chayba Salavava says, the Rebbe Yishlam gives everybody. The only difference is that the rich man thinks that he's secure down the road. Now, I have betochen, so I'm just as secure as he is. What? I'm just as rich as he is. If I have the result of what the money can provide, I'm in the same space in my seichel, in my nefesh. I know a yid who worked many, many years and amassed a life savings that a man equaled, came to a lot of money, close to a million dollars. And he set himself up that he was able to retire and have himself a parnosa. And he was looking where to invest this money. And he invested with somebody who turned out to be a swindler. And the fellow lost his money. And for two or three years, he was playing with him as if it was still there. Yeah, we're investing here, we're investing there. And finally, after he came, he couldn't, um, he couldn't hold it back. And when he came and he admitted to him that all your money is gone. And the fellow was thinking and he said, you know, why did he have to tell me for I was living fine. I thought I had it in the bank. If he never would have told me, I'd be fine. It's the knowledge and the thought that I am secure is what's bringing me the tranquility. But if one has the betochen, betochen is the key that brings it in itself. And while we think, in our small minds, we think that money will bring us freedom from dying and from worry, Chazal say exactly the opposite, that Marba Nechosen is Gor Marba how much machaloikis is sourced in money? How often do people put it before life, before all the meaningful things in life? How often are there machaloikis in a mishpachas over money? And how many people nebuch, nebuch, sell their neshamas, sell their nitzchias, they prepare to do something dishonest? 
which is futility in any case, because Chazal tells us he can never be nehenna from something that one took dishonestly. Yet he's ready to sell his soul for this illusion of security. That's what's going on in the world. Money has reached a place in society that the only thing you could compare it to is people's attitudes to the Rabbeinu Shalom. People are prepared to give their lives away for what they believe in, and at the same time they're ready to give it away for money. Because if the money is my security, I can't live without it. And that's where the Svar HaMakdoshim tell us, we think about Avoy Dezorah, what's Avoy Dezorah? Eloi Hei Chesev, Eloi Zov, the Melech said, the Yetzorah of Avoy Dezorah, of Eloi Hei Chesev, Eloi Hei Zov, when it has been transferred into money. We can't understand, we read in Tanakh, how people were in every single way Shomer Torah Mitzvahs. They learned Torah, they put on Tzvillim, they kept Shabbos, and yet they deemed Avoid Zorah. If you worship because of the Zorah, how could you, how could you keep Shabbos? The two things are a contradiction. But we see it today, it doesn't have to be a, everything. Of course, I believe when I'm ready, but my security, I can't leave. Oh, he believed the Avoid Zorah looked after him. I believe the bank account is looking after me. I could be Ehrlich at every single thing, but when it comes to it, I just can't, I can't, I can't. What should I do? And that's why we find the same Lashoinus, the root of the word Kesef, the Svarim tell us, is Kisufin, is longing, is yearning, is pining. The same language. When we describe our yearning for closeness to the Rabbi Yishlam, the Marshal is Kesef. Imagine being a person who's free from the bondage of money. Such a person is literally a king in today's society. He's a king. He's all-powerful. He's a free man. That's a Balbatochen. Someone who's not worrying, not fearing, not killing himself because I already have it. As the Briskirov said, I have the Rabbi Shalom. I've got a father, a billionaire. I'm already there. And as the Chavis Alavavis describes such a person, beautiful, beautiful description, someone who realizes, when he loses money, he's not Bitsar. He's He thanks Hashem that you're looking after me, doing what's good for me. He understands It's a pekodn Kodesh Baruch who gives to me, who is happy with what he has. And here he exposes a little bit of an ugly side of us. He's not looking to see how other people lose money. And he's not jealous, and he doesn't covet anybody else's money. This is a free man. This is a billionaire. He doesn't have sadness. This is not what his, you know, his moods don't go with the stock market. He's not up when it's up, and he's not down when it's down. He's always the same. He's fine. That's a Baal 
realizing that daige doesn't change a thing. But it's more than that. And here's where people make a terrible mistake. As the Chaybaz Halavavas tells us, if one who by teach beloiv ashroi, somebody who believes in his ashiris can secure him, yukach mimenu, it will be taken away from him, or he won't be able to enjoy it. And Avachanan explains why. Just like the Rabbeinu Shalolim had to destroy the idols of Egypt, because they were a michshel, they were a stumbling block for Klai Yisrael, they were the cause of them believing in something else, and when we believe in something else, God has to destroy it. So, being boiteach, Believing in the power of my wealth is going to cause me to lose that wealth or never to be able to be Nehenna. So the person is going around doing mamish the worst possible thing for himself. Instead of doing the best thing, he's engaging in an activity that's going to bring his destruction. And he's convinced that's in his best interest. You know, before they discovered that smoking was unhealthy, they believed that it was a very, very healthy tool to help the digestive system. And people would be encouraged after a meal to smoke. Imagine a mother telling little Yankel, did you have your cigarette yet after the meal? To make sure that... And we're just stuffing people with poison, with poison and poison, destroying their lungs. We didn't know. Engaging in a mindset, in a practice that's mamish destructive and brings us the exact opposite result of what we want. Worse than that, if one is not a Baal Betochen, he can fail his test with money. Rachman We know people who earn a lot of money and they have a problem there, but they can't give it. They can't give away. They have a difficulty separating themselves from their money. Either they suffer from the midah of kamtsonus or different types of fears. And we know it brings them terrible bizyayness, and more, most of all, it hurts them themselves. They hate it. They don't like to be that way. They wish they can give, and they can't give. They can't overcome the fear of not being secure. And Rab Tzodik writes, this is all because of a lack of emunah and betochen. If one believes in the Rabbeinu Shalolim, if one believes all the haftochas, b'chanuni no b'zois, asa b'shvilzer tis aser, his al yedea betochen zok Rab Tzodik. If somebody would work amidas a betochen, even if he is by nature cheap and stingy, he's by nature a kamtsen, the betochen will be shoyver kamtsenu, saying he'll be able to give. But we can live a life blind. Imagine there was a government in Russia, a communist government. There were people who were born and died within that 70 years. Never once saw true life. Were enslaved from beginning to end. If a person misses this nakuda in his life, the center, the center tool for his existence... It's like he lived his entire life in a dungeon. Rahman al-Itzlon. And that will bring upon him the worst, the, the exact opposite of what he's looking for. The Goyen writes, the Goyen writes, everything comes from the Rabbi We know that. It says there's one Oynish that doesn't come, there's one Maka, there's one Chayli, there's one illness that does not come from Hashem. And that's Atzvus, despair. 
sadness. That, he says, the person brings upon himself. The Rabbeinu Shalom hates Atzvus. When the Rabbeinu Shalom gives us Yisur, it's only because he wants us to overcome them and be makabal them besimcha. Atzvus cannot result from the Rabbeinu Shalom. It's only the person, he says, of the Goyen, who lives without betochein ve'emuna, will bring out Atzvus because Atzvus and worry and daiger is just a physical manifestation of what chesor and betochein is. If you would take lack of betochein and give it physical form, it would take shape as worry and Atzvus and despair and frustration. That's what it would be. We bring it upon ourselves, the thing that we're most running away from, the thing that's the most dangerous and destructive to our lives. We are the cause of our own downfall. Let's continue. The Chaybas Levavas takes us further. Another important benefit of being a Balbetochen. Imagine someone to tell you, I can arrange for you to be the best friend of the richest, most powerful person in the world. But we would all jump for such an opportunity. What do you mean to rub soldiers, shoulders with such important people? Speak to him every single day. Now the only reason we crave that is because we think deep down that maybe we can gain something. It even doesn't have to be gained financially. Maybe I just gain covered. I can gain Hanor. So if a person understands that he cannot gain in this world anything from a person, unless it's nigza from the Rabbeinu Shaloylam, he stops being an Evet to people. The Chavos of Ovis writes that even in Shara Voidus Elikim, he writes there are ten basic things that are necessary for a person to do his minimal service of Avodah Hashem. And one of them is that when someone does you a favor, to, th- to realize it comes from the Rabbeinu Shalom and not from him. Of course you have to thank him and have a chorus But your first thanks be to the Rabbeinu Shalom. Thank you for giving it to me. You made him the messenger. If he wouldn't have used his Bechira to give me, you would have given it to me through somebody else. But to realize that it's not people who help me or harm it's all the Rabbeinu Shalom. And people put in koiches and energy into being well connected, into the right networking and knowing the right people. It's all wasted energy. You could be doing something much more worthwhile. You could be, you could be standing and peeling potatoes. The Chodesh HaLavavos talks about there was a certain there was a science called alchemy the alchemists of old believed that they could take materials that they already had different metals and through chemical process turn them into gold and the khabasalavavas classic psiche he describes the 10 different ways that a Baal has a Yisroin, has a benefit who's in better shape than even the alchemist. The alchemist is somebody who has endless money. Whenever he needs it, he just conjures it up in his hidden laboratory and there it is. And yet he describes the 10 different levels. We'll just go through some of them that the Alchemist needs to have certain raw materials to create what he needs. The Balbatochen is nisparnas from everything that there is. The one who creates Zov needs to have Yigiyah and Avoid Rabba. The Balbatochen is nisparnas easily without Sakona. The alchemist has to hide the secrets of his trade so nobody else should learn it. The competitors shouldn't catch his secrets. The Balbatochen, Adar Rabba, He's happy and he's proud of what he's doing. The alchemist is afraid that someone will come and steal his fortune. He's always afraid, maybe I won't, there'll come a time I won't be able to earn this, I won't be able to do this. The Baal is Bashem. Hashem can sustain me in any situation. 
the Omen HaChimike, the alchemist, is afraid of people. He's afraid of informers. Someone's going to tell the government of what he's up to. But the Baal Betochen, Fakert, everybody is afraid of him. Here it's Kedai to be misboyned a little bit. It says, How much fear do we have in our lives? We're fr- afraid of all different adversaries. One person's afraid of the tax assessor. The other person's afraid of his boss. The other person's afraid of his bank manager. The other person's afraid of the guy in the margin department. Or of his traffic judge he has to face. What am I going to do? What does he think? What? And he's busy being fearful of people all the time. Zog has no fear. The most important and most powerful people in the world are fearful of the Baal Betochon. And even the Chayos, the stones, want to please the Baal Betochon. A person walks around, this one did an avla to me, he's all victimized, all resentment. What's resentment toward people is all a lack of betochen. This person did this to me, he hurt me, he said he did nothing. He couldn't have hurt you unless the Rabbi Shalom was geyser. We're fearful of this person, of that person who's powerful, to realize he cannot harm me, he has no control over my life at all. That doesn't mean go tomorrow and tell your boss exactly what you think of him. Because that would be reckless endangerment. And the Chaybaz Halabavas tells us, we'll learn the later Prokim, that there's a Chiv of his Shtadlis and a person has to act in a normal way. But the key is don't be afraid. As he writes, you won't have to be a Chaynef. You won't have to always be striving to find Chayn. You're not going to hope and depend on people. And we can be free from the pathological addiction to approval seeking, which so many people suffer from. I always have to make a good impression. I always wonder what the other guy's thinking of me. It's paralyzing, destroys lives. You won't need it. You won't be a flatterer. You're not always going to agree to everything everybody says. Someone says something that's a treif and ashkafa. You're not going to nod your head and smile. Be able to say that's false. That's treif. You'll have courage. The Rabbeinu Yoyner writes, on the Pasik Cherdas Odom Yitain Moikesh. Hacharoda, the fear that people are afraid of Odom, who chet nafshay, it's a sin of the soul. More than that, Noisein Moikesh Umagberes, Hooyev Umekareves Hatsora Olov. It gives the other side strength and the ability to cause you harm. It's worthy for a person not to fear a person, to fear the Rabbeinu. When one trusts in Hashem, he'll be saved from the Tzorah as a reward for the Betochon. Even, he says, even if the tsara was really, he was worthy of getting this punishment. Even if Midas Adin said, this is what you deserve. If he has betochen b'ashem, yisugav me'at tsara. 
And this week's in the Sedna Archaim HaKadosh. Moridik Archaim HaKadosh. The Pesach says, Matitzak Eli, the Rebbeinu says, Why cry to me? Dabrel b'nei Yisrael v'yiso, jump into the Yam. And everybody asks the question, Matitzak Eli, and they sort of, the Mitzrayim are on one side, the Yam is on the other side. Matitzak Eli, what are you davening for? What else is a Yid supposed to do at a time like that? Of course you daven. You take out your tillim and cry to Hashem. Zog Dorchaim HaKadosh. Yidin were given at, in that moment, being in a matziv of Moiridik and Midas Hadin. The Midas Hadin was Mekatrik, and it said, Allah loyv there by the Zarab, Allah loyv there by the Zarab, and the Rabbeinu Shalom said, the Midas Hadin is so strong, the Midas Arachim cannot overcome it, and even Tvilo won't help. So some Tvilosi, there are times, there's such a Mechitza of Din, he said, Matitzak Eilai, the powers of Din are all powerful, and Tvilo will not help, there's only one thing. Daber el b'nei Yisrael, v'yisat smu be'emuna b'cholibom, v'yisu el ayam koidim she'yicholek al smacha b'tochoin, u'vem tzoi zet iskaber orachemim. At a time when even davening can't help, in a time when the oynish is roi to come, a person is b'yiteach, al smacha b'tochon, that the rabbinish alayim will help him, this will save him. This will be magbim mid the sarachma that says in Aposik, ha'b'yiteach b'ashem chesed yisoy v'venu. Till now he was surrounded by din, and now will surround himself in chesed v'rachamim. And if we become Bali B'tochen, Rabbi Yisai, we could start becoming bigger people. We won't have to be small, tiny people. What is a big person? What's a great person? A great person is somebody who has principles. In order to have principles, you have to have a Muna B'tochen. You have to believe in the Rabbeinu Shalolim. If you don't have B'tochen, you cannot be a principled person. You're beholden to everyone. How can you have courage? If you don't have betochen b'ashem, when the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Mariatz, was arrested, and the secret police were taking him away, one of them held a gun to him. And he said, that little toy can only frighten somebody who has one world and many gods. I have one God and two worlds. Put it away, you don't frighten me. Hashem li loy iro, mayase li odom. The strength of Gedolim, of Tzadikim, what was it rooted in? It was rooted in Hashem li. It was forged in Betochen ve'emune, that I'm in the hands of the Rabbeinu Shaloylam. When Rabbi Yitzchak became Rav, and I think before he was in Kovna, he was first a Rav in one of the smaller towns. And his first, was a young man, his first day on the job, a poor man came to complain to him that one of the richer men, one of the Rashi Akil had swindled him, and he wants to call him to Dintayre. So the young Rabbi Yitzchak sent him a Hasman al-Adin. And the man sent back a nasty Mechutzev answer. You don't send a Hasman to the Rashi Kol, young fellow, you're the first day on the job. So he sent the Shliach, and says, go back and tell him, you better come here again. And he sent him, he sent back, who do you think you are? I've hired and fired many like you before. Be careful how you tread. And he sent him again, and the third time he threatened, if you don't come now, I'm going to send you a ksav siru, I'm going to put you in a cherim. And then the door opened, and the Roshakol, surrounded by all the Roshi Akila, came with a plate, of cake, a plate of cake and whiskey to drink l'chaim. Mazel tov to our new rov. We were testing you to see if you really are great. If you really have godless, 
If you're afraid of Hashem or you're afraid of the Rosh Hakol. The Rabbi Shmelkel Nikolsburg used to have a stick hanging in his Svaramshti where he learned. And from the kill, they would ask him, what's that stick? That's my walking stick. That if you ever threaten me that you're going to take away my job, I'll just take it and start walking. Try it! Try not being afraid! Try being afraid of the Rabbeinu Shaloylam. And of course, we have to mind our middas. Afraid of the Rabbeinu means we must always treat every person the way the Rabbeinu Shalom wants us to treat him. But to get the fear out of our lives. You know, why, why is the American people so angry at the terrorists? Not just because of what they did. It's because they introduced a fear component into my life. And part of the American dream is to have such tranquility. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Hashem li loy ira ma yasa li odom. And the Briskerov, in the beginning of the Second World War, was living in Varsha. And there were bombs falling. And there were different opinions of where was the safest place to be. Some held one should stay in the basement, was safe, and other held that if you're in the basement, you could cave in, you could be crushed under the rubble. Better to be in the top floor. And this debate was going on, and the Briskerov was sitting in the top floor, and he's walking around completely calm. And those who had a superficial understanding of the Briskerov thought Sometimes he gave the appearance that he was a person who, had, who was nervous. People didn't understand him. They, didn't, they said, how could it be the Rav was walking around so calm? We would imagine in such a situation, he'd be much like a... He says, what are you talking about? There's only one thing in the world I'm scared of. I'm scared of not doing the Ratzon Hashem. I'm always worried, maybe I didn't do Kedasa Kedin. And here I had one Shiloh. Al Pidin, where should I be? In the basement or on the top floor? I worked it out, and Lahalachid comes out to me that they're equally both on the same level of Mokim Sakona. So Lahalachid makes no difference whether I'm upstairs or downstairs. I'm completely calm. I couldn't be happier. I'm doing exactly what I, I, the Rabbanishim looks after me. I have to worry. Am I doing the Ratzon Hashem? Am I treating this person right? But not, am I afraid of him? Or am I flattering him? Or do I need him to be able to continue? And then the ultimate, the ultimate toyelas, the ultimate benefit of being a Balbatochen, as the Chayvah Salavavas writes in the end of the Psiche. Shabbateach Bashem, Someach Bukhol Dover is happy with everything Shashem Misavav Elov. Even if it's negative, it's against his nature. Whatever happens, the Rebbeinu is only going to do the thing that's best for me. And if I would know why he's doing it, I wouldn't want it the other way. And the Chavazovs gives the mashal of a child. A child doesn't think about where his next meal is coming from. A child doesn't worry what his child knows. There's somebody looking after me. The Goyen writes a Dovah Nifla. When a person is small, he says, his betochen b'yoytzri is at a very high level. He naturally believes in Hashem. And we see by children, 
we see by children an unbelievable hashkocha protis. As a person gets older, he starts believing more in himself. Memele, he's memayed the hashkocha from upon himself. And that takes away from him the menuchas hanefesh. It takes away from all the things that he can gain. Chazal tell us, Lo oilom yehei haposuk hazeh b'toich picho. Let this posuk always be in your mouth. Hashem tzivokos ashrei odom boiteach boch. Why is he fortunate? Because the greatest benefit is that when a person is meshuchra from daige, a person is meshuchra from pachad, he has the ability to serve the rabbinu shaloylam. We can put our energy into learning, into davening, into doing chesed instead of wasting it on shtusim and narishkeit that have no meaning. Instead of pulling at a false draw. We could be oivde Hashem. We don't have to be meshubit to taivas. When we remind ourselves that every drop of Hanon in this world is destined for a person, how much he can take. And what he takes now will come off a cheshman of something else. To come off a cheshman of a tiny and avoid this Hashem. That's the going rights in Adar Asiliyo. Everything that's Nasil Ra. All that the Baltaiva gets for himself in a bad way. The will eventually get it without Amelis and without Tsar and without sin. And Bemis the Yasid already is in a Gemara. So when a person is faced with a test in Betoch, and a person in a matzav where he's betzar, or he's bepachad, he has to remember, right now there's a midas hadin, I can get myself out of this world of din. As the Rechaim HaKodesh said by Kriyas Yamsa, because at that moment, you know what it means? They left the world of Teva, they entered the world of Betoch, and they came into a different place where all these enemies are not Megea. As Rechaim HaKodesh was Maftiach, he said, when one is in a matzav of Tzore, if he's misboyin and he's misameg, and he contemplates, ain't oid milvada, nothing can harm him because he's in a different world. The Toldus brings from the Baal Shem Tev, any tzah that a person has in Gashmius or in Rochnius, if he's mechazek himself and he tells himself this comes from the Rabbeinu Shaloylam, at that moment the Levush is taken away in his battle at Tzar Sometimes we're faced with problems, with difficulties, we're worried. We can't sleep at night with twisting and turning. What's going to be tomorrow? What's going to happen? The person says, it's all the Rabbeinu Shiloh. You sent this to me. At that moment, he broke the clipper. Chesed Yisoy Vevenu. And he won't need bigger Yisurim state in the Svarim Akdoshim. Because the point of the small Yisurim was just that he should say it's from Hashem. The Bnei Soscha writes, when a person is in a matzav of sadness, he's ogum, ubitzar, things are bothering him. He should say the posseg, re'ei Hashem on yiva amoli, v'solochol chatoisai. Rabbi Nishem, look, it's difficult to me, it should be a kaporas avoinus. 
And at that moment, the Yisurim that are mechaper, a person, are mechaper with his acceptance and his realization that it comes from the Rebbe Hashem. The Kamarna writes, when a person is in a massive of difficulty, and he is mekayim, chazaik v'yameitz libecha v'kabel Hashem, he says, this is from Hashem, at that moment, it's as if he fasted for 300 years. That's the spiritual elevation he achieves from Kavayal Hashem, Chazak V'yameitz Libecho. We mechuyiv, to mechazik ourselves, to mechamitz ourselves, to strengthen our hearts. To enter a space, a world of emuna betochen b'ashem, of kivoy yismach libeinu, kivashem kotshecha betochnu. Shem kotshecha betochnu. Oymal Hashem machsi umtsudosi elekai eftach boy. Every moment we become boitchem. Imagine if somebody could make a yom tefillah every single year in the world or mispalo just for your hatzlocha. Every tzaddik in the world. No? Millions of Eden and tzaddikim gedolim say shmane esra three times a day and they say the same socher toiv lochol haboitchem b'shimcha b'emes. No? Don't we want to be included in those tefillahs? If we're from amongst those who haboitchem b'shimcha b'emes, we're included in every single Yid's tefillah. And we'll be zoiche tevani bechazdecho botachti yoge libi bishu asecha. Good to